Good morning, everybody. Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there, and welcome to you if you're worshiping by Facebook live streaming with us. Um, I want to remind all the dads that we have um, we have a little gift for you. It's got some candy and a and a sticker for you, okay? And we this is just a small token of our thanks to you for being awesome and. We have a flower on the altar today, and it is in celebration of the birth of Mary Hunter Hayes. No relation. Okay, parents are Paige and Hunter Hayes, and big sister is Helen, and that's one of our ELC families. So we're, we're so happy to see these, these babies keep being born. Um, I want to, to remind you that this coming Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, this is kind of an announcement and kind of a prayer request, is our annual conference. And this is the first time in a couple of years that we've actually got to meet together in person and not virtually. And it will be in Huntsville. And so say a prayer for Pastor Andy and me and, in our, uh, and Julia and, and all of our delegates who are gonna gather at, at the Von Braun Center in Huntsville. The theme is Disciples Celebrating Discipleship, and that will be June 22nd through 24th. So we won't have our usual Bible study on Wednesday, and we won't have youth activities on Wednesday, but Catherine, Wednesday night at six o'clock in the green space, and the kids are gonna have fun out there. And if you like s'mores, then you can go out there and have a s'more too, okay? The theme is S'more of Jesus. All right. All right. Um, and then um, let's, uh, let's have a prayer and, and ask God to bless our time together. Lord, thank you so much for giving us this beautiful day. We thank you for our dads. Thank you for being our Heavenly Father. And we ask that you would pour out your spirit upon us now as we wait to hear from you. In Jesus' name, amen.
Remain standing, please, as we unite together in this historic confession of the Christian faith, the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. And I also want to thank you for your generous giving. You know, you guys respond so well when we ask for help. We asked for help with our clothes closet, and, and you came through in a big way. We had not only yourselves, but, but people from all over the community that heard we needed clothes in our clothes closet and brought and brought and brought. And so thank you for helping restock our clothes closet. It's so important that we be able to give away those clothes for folks. So keep us in mind when you're, when you're cleaning out. Seasonal, hear that. Seasonal, don't bring us your heavy winter coats right now. Seasonal clothes, bring it for our, our, our clothes closet and we appreciate it so much. And also a big thank you uh, because when we go to annual conference this week and we have our worship service together with United Methodists all over North Alabama, we're going to be giving our offering along with their offerings to go to help support uh, Ukrainian refugees. Would you like to hear? Um, we don't have a drum. Y'all don't have a drum or I'd get a drum roll. Uh, our total for our Ukraine refugee offering was $2,935. So, yay. That's one of the things I love about being a United Methodist Church is we are connection and together we can do more than we could separately. So, so I'm proud of y'all for that. If you're giving your tithes and offerings, you can give online. We're going to pass the plates. You can give text to give, but keep on giving so that we can keep doing the awesome ministry that God has called us to do. Let us pray. Oh God, we are grateful. You have blessed us. And our response to that is to give you our hearts and our lives, our time and our talents, our tithes and our offerings. And we ask that you would take them, that you would bless them, and that you would use, use them for your kingdom's glory. In Jesus' name, amen.
Please be seated. This is a time in our service when we pray for each other and pray for ourselves and bring all of our needs and our praises and our confessions before God. We are a praying church and we will pray for you. If you have a need that you want to put on a prayer card, if you want to see our prayer list, the best way to do that is to download our church app and just just go to your uh, iPhone store or, or your Android store and download our church app. You can see our prayer list. You can see our newsletter. You can listen to sermons and Bible studies, all kinds of stuff you can do on that. Um, so, Or you can look on the little newsletter that we have, say a prayer for those people who are on our prayer list. Tell us about your joys and celebrations and your God sightings. We love to hear about that too. We have mentioned the refugees in Ukraine. Of course, we pray for those around the world. We pray for our brothers and sisters at St. Joseph's Episcopal Church in Vestavia Hills as they grieve and try to heal from the violence that took place there this, this week. We pray for the families of those uh, who went to church and were gunned down. So we pray for them, Lord. Uh, Lord, have mercy on us, right? Let us pray. Oh God, our Heavenly Father, we come before you and we acknowledge that you are God. And that means that we are not. So when we think too much of ourselves, when we place ourselves more highly than we ought to, help us, Lord, to remember that you are God, that you are the Almighty, that you are the Sovereign, and that your love for us is bigger than we can ever imagine. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for redeeming our messes. Thank you for forgiving us, Lord, because we need it. We come before you now, and, and even now in our hearts, Lord, we confess to you where we have failed to live up to the glory that you had in mind when you created us. God, heal our land, heal our world. Be with those who are in need uh, of a healing touch. Be with those who are in need of an encouraging lift and God be with those who are, are struggling to find a reason to keep going on God we need you and we ask that you even now would touch our hearts as we are worshiping and and need to hear from your Holy Spirit today and Lord teach us now even now to pray the prayer that you taught your disciples when you said our Father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
Miss Catherine is going to take our children to children's church. She's down here to my right and your left, and children's church is always a lot of fun. In the meantime, we're going to sing our hymn of preparation, which is number 144, This Is My Father's World. Will you stand?
I love the music in this church, don't you? Yes. The scripture today comes from 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 1 through 15. If you want to join me over there, if you want to turn over there in your Bibles or, or pull up your device or look on the screen or just listen, then however you want to um, hear the word of the Lord today. 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 1 through 15. Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so may the gods do to me and more so if I do not make your life like the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. Then he was afraid. He got up and fled for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah. He left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat under a solitary broom tree. He asked that he might die. It is enough now, O Lord. Take away my life, for I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the broom tree and fell asleep. Suddenly an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked and there at his head was a cake, a, a cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. He ate and drank and lay down again. The angel of the Lord came a second time, touched him and said, get up and eat. Otherwise the journey will be too much for you. He got up and ate and drank. Then he went in the strength of that for food for 40 days and 40 nights to Horeb, to the Mount of God. At that place, he came to a cave and spent the night there. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, what are you doing here, Elijah? He answered, I've been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the Israelites have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they are seeking my life to take it away. He said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Now there was a great wind so strong that it was splitting the mountains and breaking the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. After the fire, a sound of sheer silence. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. Then there came a voice to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? He answered, I have been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the Israelites have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars and killed your prophets with a sword. I alone am left and they're seeking my life to take it away. Then the Lord said to him, go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You know, I think Elijah may have been the most interesting prophet in the world. 
one of my favorite characters in the Bible. I love reading about his experiences. He was prophet during a particular time in Israel's history when Ahab was king. Now, Ahab was a terrible, awful, very bad, no good, rotten king. <laughs> he was wicked. He was bad. He was... Now, there were some bad kings in Israel, but he was even worse than any of the other kings, more wicked, more horrible, and that's really saying something. And Ahab was married to a woman who was, if it was possible, even worse than he was. Her name was Jezebel, okay? Y'all ever heard of Jezebel? Anybody ever named their daughter Jezebel? No. Anybody ever have a mean old cat you named Jezebel? Maybe. You know, Jezebel, oh man, she was, she was a piece of work. Her first official act as first lady of Israel was to tear down the altar of the Lord in the holy place, put up an altar to Baal, and say, instruct everybody that they had to worship Baal now. And her favorite thing to do her favorite pastime was to kill the prophets of the Lord God with the sword, cut their head off. That was her favorite thing to do. Man, she was mean. She was bad. And then along comes Elijah, the prophet of Israel. And Elijah came before King Ahab, and here's what he said. The Lord God says, it's not going to rain anymore until I say so. And then he just left. It was kind of as if you went and you kicked a hornet's nest and then you just walked away. And that's the same reaction uh, you would get to kicking a hornet's nest. It, it, it was not good. He had to run for his life after he told King Ahab that. And he went out into the desert by himself. And sure enough, it did not rain. And there was a terrible drought. How did, how did Elijah survive out there in the desert, you might wonder? Well, he was by a little, a little stream, a little stream of water, and that's where he got his water. And you know how he got his bread? God sent ravens, okay, crows, okay? Because that's what I think about. God sent crows who brought bread and dropped it down to Elijah. Because you know what? God will make a way where there seems to be no way. After a while, the stream dried up, right? Because this is a drought. It's a bad one. It lasted for three years. And so God said, it's time to move on. Uh, this time I want you to go to Zarephath. And there in Zarephath, you'll find a widow, and she's going to take care of you. So Elijah went to Zarephath. And he found a widow who was out gathering sticks. Why was she gathering sticks? To make a little fire. To make a little fire so that she could take her last remaining flour and her last remaining oil and make a little cake. And she and her son were going to eat that last meal and then they were going to die. That's how bad the drought was. And that's how that's, she was at the end of her rope, as Pastor Woody talked about last Sunday. The end of her rope. And Elijah came up to her and said... Um, Excuse me, ma'am, I'd like to place an order. I'd like to order a loaf of bread and some water to drink, please. 
And she must have thought, this guy's crazy. Do I look like a restaurant? Do I, you know what I'm out here doing? I'm out here getting sticks so that I can make one last little cake of bread for me and my son. And then we're going to die. That's how bad it is. Are you crazy? And Elijah said, I might be a little bit crazy, but I'm also the prophet of the Lord God. And here's what the Lord God says to you. If you give a cake to me first, you give some bread to me first then your flour barrel is not going to go empty and your oil jug is not going to go dry until the Lord sends rain again. How about that? And this foreign widow, this widow of Zarephath, who, who did not know the Lord God of Israel, took a step of faith. And it was either a step of faith or a step of desperation. She's, she might have just thought, what, what do I have to lose? You know, there's a fine line between faith and desperation sometimes. And she just thought, I might as well trust God. And she gave the prophet of God, Elijah, a loaf of bread and some water to sustain him. And God was true to his word. And her flour barrel did not run empty. And her oil jug did not run dry until rain came again upon the land. Because God will make a way where there seems to be no way. Now that's just one little episode in Elijah's life. You want to hear about another one? Huh? Okay. Elaine does. If nobody else does, Elaine wants to hear another one. All right. So Elijah was, was sent by the Lord back to King Ahab. Remember this same king that told him he was going to chop his head off. He went back before Ahab and he said, okay, the Lord said it's going to rain now. And Elijah saw, I mean, Ahab saw Elijah come and he said, oh, there comes Israel's troublemaker. And Elijah said, well, Israel is in trouble, but it's not because of me. It's because of you and Jezebel. It's because you've torn down the altars of the Lord. It's because you've made the people to worship Baal. You're the cause of the trouble in Israel, not me. In fact, why don't we have a showdown? Why don't... Why don't you gather all of the prophets of Baal and let's go up on Mount Carmel and we'll have a show down there. And, and if the Lord God of Israel is God, we'll worship the Lord God. And if Baal is God, then we'll all just worship Baal. But we'll settle this once and for all. So up on the mountain they went. Everybody gathered up on, the mount, on Mount Carmel. And Elijah said, here's what we'll do. We'll set up an altar and we'll put a sacrifice on that altar and we'll put wood, firewood around that sacrifice, but we're not gonna light it. We're not gonna light the wood. And the showdown part is gonna be that both sides are going to pray to their respective gods, which everyone answers by fire, then that is gonna be the one everybody worships. Now y'all, I'm gonna have to stop here and say, I cannot read this without thinking about Charlie Daniels, the devil went down to Georgia, and they, he and Johnny had the fiddle contest, and I'm sorry, but that's what I think about every, every single time. And, and just like in Charlie Daniels' song, um, he lets the prophets of Baal go first. And so those 450 prophets of Baal, they prayed and they danced and they carried on and acted crazy and, and screamed out and cried out and fell down and all of these stuff, crying out to Baal up to about noon and nothing happened. 
And then Elijah said something which shows me that he had a really good sense of humor. He said, um, maybe Baal's hard of hearing. Maybe you, maybe you need to crank up the volume a little bit to maybe 11, you know, or, or, or maybe, maybe Baal's gone off on a vacation. Or, or maybe, the, the Bible literally says this, maybe he's taking a restroom break. And y'all, the Bible, just is, I'm, this is hilarious. You can't make this stuff up. And so that's what they did. They shouted even louder and they danced even harder and they even cut themselves with knives and spears in a frenzy of devotion for Baal. And this went on and on and on. It went on until evening. And finally, Elijah said, it's my turn now. Sit down in that chair right now. Let me show you how it's done. I'm sorry, I can't go. I'm going back to Charlie Daniels again. Fire on the mountain, run boy, run. Uh, yeah, I don't know, something like that. But Elijah just prayed a simple prayer. And he said, God, just show them who's God. And fire fell from heaven and burned up the sacrifice. It even lapped up the water because Elijah said, let's just make this a little bit harder. Let's up the stakes a little bit. And he had him pour water all over it just so that they would know that the Lord is God. And then when the fire fell from, from heaven and burned up all of the sacrifice and all of the wood and lapped up all of the water, the people fell to the ground and said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. And then something happened which I'm going to say, don't try this at home, children, if children are watching. And I will say that this is one of those little asterisks which everything that is biblical is not necessarily Christ-like. Uh, but Elijah killed all of the prophets with a sword, all of the prophets of Baal, all 450 of them. Um, I'm not saying go do that. I'm just saying that's what happened in Elijah's world. So the victory was won, right? The victory was won. They were rejoicing and they all lived happily ever after, right? No, that's not the way it works. Because you remember mean old Jezebel? There's always gonna be a mean old Jezebel uh, yeah, I even got an amen in the early service for that one. There's always going to be a mean old Jezebel. And she swore, she swore on her life that she was going to have Elijah's head before the end of the day. And Elijah, the prophet who said it wasn't going to rain for three years and it didn't. Elijah, the prophet who went out into the desert and got fed by crows. Elijah, who went to a poor widow in Zarephath, a poor foreign widow, and told her that God was going to supply her needs if she supplied his need. Elijah, who called fire down from heaven and consumed the altar to show who was God. Elijah in verse 3 says this, he was afraid. He was afraid. And he ran. So let's stop here in Elijah's story and let's ponder our story. 
your story, my story, for just a little bit. Have you ever maybe had one of those really good seasons of life where things seem to be victorious and going your way and maybe you're, you feel closer to God than you ever have and you're thinking things are pretty good. Things are pretty good up here on the mountain and then the bottom falls out. And you, you, that faith that you feel like you had got swallowed up in fear and you're afraid. Now, this, this is Father's Day, and I want to say for you dads out there, I can tell you, I can tell you from experience, you know, sometimes the little kids think, well, my dad's never afraid of anything. My dad is always just rock solid. My dad is supposed to be strong and, 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 always, uh, and always marching forward. But I'm going to tell you what, that's not true. That's baloney because all of us get scared. Sometimes we live in scary times and we can really get down and that's what Elijah did. He ran away and Elijah, when he ran away, he did something that I call having a pity party. Have you ever had a pity party? I have a pity party and he went and crawled under the shade of a broom tree and this is what he said in verse 4. It is enough, Lord. It is enough. And if I was going to translate that in Pastor Sam translation, I would put it this way. I am done. Stick a fork in me because I'm done. I've had it. I'm burnt out and depressed in fact, you might as well just take me on now, God, because I'm no better than my ancestors. And he was right, you know. He was right. He wasn't any better than his ancestors. And you know what? We're not either. In the New Testament, there, it talks about Elijah a couple of times in the New Testament. One of the things that I really like about this, this is my, one of my favorite references to Elijah. comes in the book of James of all places. In James chapter 5. And the context of James chapter 5 is all about the prayer of faith. So I don't want to take it out of context, right? But James chapter 5 verse 17. Talking about Elijah's prayer life. But it says this. And I want you to hear this. Elijah was a human being like us. Can you hear that? Elijah, yes, he was a great prophet. Yes, he had all of these things, these signs and wonders that happened in his life. And yes, all of this stuff, all of this God miraculously provided. But he was not a superhero. He was a human being like us. And there were times that he crawled under a shade tree and, listen, cried himself to sleep. But God sent an angel didn't he? And you know what? Angels are just messengers of God. God may, be, may have sent an angel to you. You might be somebody's angel that God sends to somebody else. God sent an angel, touched Elijah on the shoulder, and here's what the angel said. Get up and have something to eat, have something to drink. And Elijah got up, and the angel had made him a loaf of bread and had a jug of water there, 
and he, he got up and he ate something and then he hit the snooze button and he laid down and slept some more. Does that sound good to y'all sometimes? What you need is a nap. Do you listen? Listen, this is a lesson for us, children of God. Sometimes you need to just take a good nap. It's all right. It's all right. Sometimes you need to let the angel touch you on the shoulder and say, look, I've made you a snack. You get up and have a snack. And then you can lay down and take another nap if you need to because you're going to need to be strengthened because the journey's not over yet. The journey's not over yet. Because Elijah's next leg of his journey would take him to another mountain. Now, before he was on Mount Carmel, having the showdown with the prophets of Baal, Carmel means vineyard. Because Mount Carmel was a lush, a lush mountain, green mountain on the, on the banks of the Mediterranean Sea. And, uh, but now he's going to a different mountain. He's going to Mount Horeb, called the Mount of God. Mount Horeb means desert, right? The desert is, is where you go when you just strip down to nothing and all you got is just you and God. And Mount Horeb was also known as Mount Sinai. It's the place where the children of Israel first made their covenant with God. When they came out of Egypt, they gathered at Mount Horeb in the desert. And that's where Moses went up on this mountain where Elijah was going, Moses went up there and God gave him the Ten Commandments, which the Ten Commandments are not as much about do's and don'ts as they are about, this is how I want you to relate to me, children. This is how I want you to relate to each other. Here's how I want you to live because you're going to be my people and I'm going to be your God. That was the covenant on Mount Horeb. That's where Elijah went. Because maybe, just maybe, he needed to be reminded of just the basics of who he was and who God was. So there he was in the desert on Mount Horeb. And for the first time, the word of the Lord asked him a question. And I want you to hear this question because this affects us too. Um, God said, what are you doing here, Elijah? So pause Elijah's story Consider your story. Consider my story. What are you doing here? What are you doing here, Sam? What are you doing at the place you are in your life right now? And you say, well, that's a silly question. It's not. No. Because sometimes we are so busy, just our day gets consumed, our calendar gets consumed, just doing day-to-day things, and we don't ever stop long enough to say, what am I doing here? What, what's going on? How, how did I get to this place that I am right now? What's God trying to tell me? So Elijah was there at Mount Horeb. He was still depressed. He was still feeling disappointed. He was still feeling like he was not enough. Can you hear that? He was feeling like he was a failure and he crawled in a cave upon Mount Horeb on the Mount of God, the Mount of Covenant, And he spent the night there, lonely, disappointed. What are you doing here? You know what Elijah's answer to that was? He said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God. Now, zealous is a nice religious sounding word that we don't use anymore. But you know what it means? It 
means such emotion that you turn red in the face. It's, it, in Elijah's case, it was a combination of really anger and jealousy because what he said next, he said, the Israelites have forsaken their covenant that they made with God. Remember, he was up on Mount Horeb where they first made that covenant. They've thrown away their relationship with God and they've hooked up with Baal. And that's, that's where I am, God. That's why I'm here where I am. And he didn't just mean Mount Horeb. He meant in his depression, in his dark space. I'm feeling all alone. I'm the only one left, God, and they're trying to kill me. Can you feel that emotional pain that Elijah's going through? Have you ever felt that way yourself? I'm the only one left, and they're trying to kill me too. What are you doing here, Elijah? He might as well have said, Lord, I'm here because I'm afraid. I'm here because I'm just done. I'm here because there's nobody that understands me, that nobody that knows my struggles. I'm here because the world has gone to hell in a handbasket, and I just want to hide out here in the cave. Is that all right, God? Can I just hide out here because everything has gone to hell? That's what I'm doing here. And the thing that happens next is really hard for us to wrap our mind around. I really, I can't help but picture this because uh, the Lord said, come, come out on this mountain because the Lord is about to pass by. And God met Elijah on Mount Horeb just like he had met Moses on Mount Horeb. And the power of God descended on that place just like it had surrounded and overshadowed Moses. And the power of God and a great wind that was so powerful it just split the rocks over. And a, and a great earthquake that shook everything and fire just swirled around Elijah. But the presence of the Lord wasn't in the great wind. It wasn't in the earthquake. It wasn't in the fire. But it, it was in the, the sound of sheer silence. The King James Version puts it beautifully and that's the one I like it says it was in the still small voice the still small voice what did the still small voice say to Elijah what did that whisper in sheer silence say to Elijah it said Elijah there's good news there's hope. You're not alone. Elijah, you're not alone. I have 7,000 other people that haven't bowed their knee to Baal yet. You're not alone. I've got another prophet, Elisha, who's going to come after you. I know you're tired. I know you feel like you're done, but you're going to hand your mantle on down to Elisha, and I'm going to keep doing my work. Elijah, Good news is out there. Hope is out there. It just hadn't gotten to you yet. Mm -mm. Today is not just Father's Day. It is June 19th. Happy Juneteenth, everybody. Happy Juneteenth to you. And if you haven't heard about Juneteenth or you need a reminder about Juneteenth, it goes all the way back to the Civil War times of course, on January 1st, 1863, Abraham Lincoln, the Emancipation Proclamation declaring that all enslaved people were legally declared free. 
But the war was still being fought, right? There were still hard times to come, still blood that's going to be shed. The Civil War did not come to an end until April of, 19, of 1865. April, across five Aprils was the war. And the news of the Emancipation Proclamation only gradually spread across the former Confederate states from east to west. Because, you know, they did not have social media. They did not tweet things back then. They had to take it by foot, right? All across from east to west, the news would spread. And on June 19th, 1865, 2,000 Union soldiers came to Galveston Bay, Texas and gave the news to some 250,000 enslaved black people in that state. You're free. You're free. You imagine the jubilee, the joy, the celebration. Juneteenth. And just, just think about just think about that good news. And, and, and here's why I think it's perfect that Elijah's story and June night, Juneteenth are connected. Because the news was the same. You're not forgotten. You're not alone. I know you think the world has gone to hell, but it hasn't. The hope is out there. The good news is out there. It just hasn't got to you yet. But now it has. But now it has. Now you know that your strength to carry on. Now you know that the next generation is going to get the mantle that you pass down to them. They're going to know what it's like to be free. And that message, it wasn't a great wind. It wasn't a tornado. It wasn't an earthquake. It wasn't a swirl of fire. It was a still, small voice in there. You're not alone. You haven't been forgotten. Not everybody has bowed the knee to Baal. There's still more people out there. There's a whole new generation for you to pass that good news and that mantle on to. God is still at work. If you get tired, take a little nap. Eat a little snack. Drink lots of water because it's hot, Elijah. God asked Elijah two different times, what are you doing here? And that second time he asked him, I think what he was really saying is, Elijah, what are you doing here? There's still work to be done. What are you doing hiding in a cave? I just want to hide in a cave. Well, yeah, take a nap, but there's still work to be done. What are you doing here? So the still small whisper of God is still whispering if we're quiet enough to hear it. What is it saying to you? What is God saying to you? today let's pray oh Lord we thank you for making a way when there seems to be no way we thank you Lord that that even when our faith seems to get swallowed up into fear 
that you haven't forgotten us. You're still God. You're still the same God. You're still same, the same God who, who gave the commandments to Moses. You're the same God who delivered the children of Israel. The same God who sent fire from heaven to answer Elijah's prayer. You haven't forgotten us, Lord. Strengthen us now for the next leg of the journey. Continue to speak to our hearts, Lord, in the way that only you can. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our closing hymn is a, is a hymn of prayer to God for God to lead us and to lead us on. We can't stay here. We can't hide behind these four walls, these stained glass, beautiful stained glass windows. We need to go on the next leg of the journey, hopefully strengthened to do so. Stand and sing together with me. 580. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.